Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and today is March 1st. And you're listening to RSF Radio, the podcast where we talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter. And I'm super excited, you guys, actually, um, because we're sitting at the edge of announcing a player sponsorship. It's been a long time coming, and I've talked about it before. I'm actually not sure I've talked about it on this podcast before. It's weird, because this is as much time as I spend in front of a microphone for tournaments and this. Like, can I get my stories mixed up? Uh, but last year, uh, Chris CCH was snubbed in his attempt to go to Red Bull Proving Grounds. He had qualified, but then there was a certain rule of you have to be over 18, and he wasn't at the time. Uh, and so they just didn't allow him to go, even though he had qualified and placed for it. Uh, and then in, in addition to that, he was our points leader for Season 2. Uh, so we we decided even way back then of, okay, we're going to sponsor you, obviously, but it didn't make sense to send him to a CPT event at that point because... I mean, that was that was it. That was basically the end before last chance qualifier. So get that out of the way. Run it. Let it happen. Let all that run its course. Wait till the next season for the CPT. And then we were going to make things, schedule things out. Uh, and he's going to be the first one. And then after that, we're going to set things up to sponsor even more players after Chris. So I'm very excited about launching that. Just about by the time that most people will listen to this is when... Uh, most of that information will be out there. There's going to be t-shirts. Book sales are going to go straight towards Chris ECH. There's going to be some Matarino stuff going on. So look forward to those posts in the near future. And also, keep in mind, the players that you want to send to CPT events, premier events, that is, uh, I think that we can map it out to where basically once every month or every other month, uh, sending a different player to a different CPT event based on community voting, uh, and I want it to be community-based of this is the player who we think is, like, A, not sponsored because sponsored players have a distinct advantage in getting out to premier events, uh, and specifically players who do not have that advantage to get them out to CPT events so they can get CPT points and get the big money at the end of the year. Or at the end of the season, I should say. Well, Anyway, I'm excited about that. Can't wait to release more information about that. So let's get into the topics. Let's break it down. This is the part where we go through all the posts uh, that have been going on over the week and kind of comment on them from be they silly, be they good, be they actually informative. So the first one, not super informative, just super fun, I thought. A Blanca Tech post. Uh, fun in the way that it's... Not, not a lot of it's real and the person who posted this uh, is discreet about that in the in the the comments of the post saying that it's it's a very long Blanca block string right uh, that ends in a chip kill uh, and it starts with about I mean if you look at the start of where the health is it's like a good it's a good 25% it's a good 25% that you start with uh, and this is a Blanca with full resources uh, up against a character in the corner starts off a block string so it's causing gray health uh, and there's gaps in it so you can jab Blanca out of this stuff but for the most part he's po I mean he is positive on on block throughout the whole thing uh, based on V-Trigger 2 and ending it with critical art uh, it's actually super interesting to think of how long and how much damage that is 
in chip damage. When you look when you look at how much it is, it's kind of alarming, even though it's like quote unquote not real. But I I could almost see this working against someone. In that if you have them super scared to press a button, or maybe start a block string like this and go into a throw, maybe put it in their head that they might have to press buttons and then go for it sometime later. It's I don't know, Blanca is an interesting... I can see this causing uh, quite a lot of pain in someone's near future, so maybe check that out. Uh, Alright, on to other Season 3 stuff. This one... Oh man, a post after my own heart. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Slam Man, uh, he used to frequent the R Street Fighter weekly tournaments, but his... His connection doesn't necessarily keep up to pace with everybody, and everyone kind of pushed him out a little bit. Said, you really shouldn't compete every week. So, for everyone's better play experience, he's not. However, dude is one of the better Zangiefs out there, uh, especially one of the most prolific Zangiefs in terms of tech that he posts online. Uh, and this post goes pretty much in line with that. It's all of Zangief's Season 3 changes. Uh, and how they affect his game and why they're super bad. Now, if you remember a couple episodes back when we had uh, Chris T on the podcast, uh, I did bring some of this up in that in season three. If you backdash, then Zangief, Crouching Light Punch, or Crouching Light Punch Lariat will whiff, which is like his go to block string, which is a go to light hit confirm. It will whiff if they don't do anything other than basically stay put sometimes if they get counter hit there's certain push boxes that will push him out of range it's a finicky son of a bitch and a lot of those things and a lot of things that slain man brings up are very real and very very problematic things that make zangief uh, not so good in season three uh, basically makes him want to go for resets more often but and like also lariat is bad the extra recovery frames on there. Regardless, Slam Man goes into it. It's a whole 30-minute breakdown of what was Zangief before and what can he do now afterwards and why these changes are bad. I'm There, there wasn't a post on this uh, on the subreddit, but I will say that uh, Logan Sama from WSO, uh, he made a post on Twitter not too long ago. I want to say it was two days ago that changes are coming and that was just general statement. Now, I know that he's he's in with the Capcom EU. And he, he has talks with those people. I imagine that they are working on things. Uh, and we all kind of figured that there would be a, a patch to patch out certain or patch in certain things that characters are missing to fix bugs, all that good stuff. I mean, they've this is pretty par for the course for for fighting games and this kind of maps with how Capcom has been releasing updates to the game. Like, release a new update, find out a bunch of stuff is broken, and work to fix it. Scramble for a couple months and try and fix it. But I think that's where we're at, and I think that's where... I mean, hopefully videos like this help explain uh, to people who might be coding or people who might be crying about things online uh, what to exactly cry about, uh, where to place those tears, where to wring out those tears, and force Capcom to drink them. All right. Enough crying. Let's talk about some good news. Humble Bundle. All right, so this this one was actually kind of funny to me as a moderator. There's probably a lot of people who missed this because it was like a flash in the pan. But whenever this Humble Bundle 
first posted. Uh, this is the Brawler Humble Bundle. There's a bunch of fighting games in it, I'll, and I'll get into it in a second. But as soon as this posted, within minutes of it, like I, I didn't know that it, I even gotten that email update that there was a new Humble Bundle before that even happened. There was maybe a half a dozen people who shared their their sponsored links to the Humble Bundle. Now, if you don't know what that is, um, it's actually a really cool feature that Humble Bundle does. Uh, people who are like partnered with Humble Bundle, uh, they'll they'll provide a link that is like, go to this Humble Bundle and buy this Humble Bundle. And if you don't change any of the pricing, it gives a small cut of that to the person who basically uh, provided you the link, kind of in a sponsorship way. Now, you can make the slider go whichever way you want, like that, that's all up to you, whether you want to slide more towards charity or more towards developers. You've always been able to do that, but it adds an extra slider to money towards the sponsored person or the person who provided the link. It's kind of sneaky if you're not looking into it, and a lot of people do if they're just donating the base amount. But as soon as this post, there was like six, seven links of the same thing, multiple people to click on my sponsored link, click my sponsored link. And it's like, okay, um, if you hadn't all done this, like I can let this all slide, but like you had to post an unsponsored link just to say that no, this like, it's fine if you want to talk to your own communities and make that happen. But like, we can't have all that all at once. It was just a, it was a hot mess. People trying to get paid and it's only like cents on the dollar, but regardless, Regardless of that, let's take a look at what's in this bundle because it's actually kind of a lot of cool stuff. Um, Guilty Gear XXA Core Plus R. That's a that was that was my first attempt at Guilty Gear playing that particular game. That was the first time I had gotten into it, and that's a very fun game. Potemkin is fun in that game. It's a fun Guilty Gear. It's got a lot of really cool characters, and the art style is some really great pixel art, some really good sprites, um, a very beautiful game. Blast Blue, uh, it's Continuum Shift Extend, so not like, these are older games, keep in mind, but maybe you want to get into some Blast, maybe you watched some, uh, some Evo Grand Finals last year, and we're hype as hell, and we're like, I want to get into Blast Blue, but I don't want to spend any money, well, here's kind of a chance. Skullgirls. Honestly, if you play fighting games and you don't own Skullgirls at this point, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It just like shows up in your Steam account at some point if you play fighting games. Like, it just shows up. It's just like, hey, I heard you guys like Street Fighter, so I moseyed on into your library for some reason. Uh, Arcana Hearts 3, Love Max. I have not played Arcana Hearts, but I see people in Discord talking about it from time to time. But this one, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Uh... <laughs> Street Fighter Cross Tekken's okay, you guys. I've talked about it on this podcast before and talked about it in general and kind of ways that it failed as a video game and ways that it succeeded as well. Uh, the PC launch was weird. There's some things that you kind of have to do to make it run good. Uh, I think President Magikarp made a, a very long extended post on what you need to do in the comments of the link that was made to go to this humble bundle, if you can follow the map on that one. Uh, and I recommend doing that if you plan on playing uh, SFXT on your PC. It's a, it's a fun game. Uh, this one was confusing to me that if you pay the $9 or more, you get Guilty Gear Exerd signed, which is effectively the same thing as someone selling like Street Fighter v or Super Street Fighter 4 whenever everyone was playing Ultra. 
if that makes any sense. There's a part of me that really wishes that maybe they had included the most up-to-date version of the game. That would be cool. Uh, that would be that would help boost that community. And maybe this is a, a ploy to say like, hey, play a little bit of this game. Not a lot of people playing it, but I mean, maybe you'll get into it. Maybe you'll like the aesthetic and think, oh, I should probably upgrade this and, and actually get into it. Spend some money that way. I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, Rev2 is great. Uh, the other game that's in this is Rivals of Aether. And if you don't know what that is, that's a similar to a Smash Bros-like. It's a Smash Bros-like. Um, I haven't gotten into it much, but people who play it seem to seem to really like it within that community. I'm just not a competitive Smash fan. It's just how I am. But a ton of really good fighting games that I would recommend checking out um, if you don't have most of them already. And at a low, low cost of under 10 bucks for all that stuff. So, And the money goes to a good cause if you make the sliders go right. Okay, enough of that one. Humble Bundle's great. Let's talk about some other cool stuff. 30 Ways to Swag with Bashinryu. Uh, but not the Bashinryu you might be thinking. You might be thinking, oh, this is our Street Fighter. He's probably going to talk about Street Fighter V. Nay, I say. No Zeku here. Old stuff. Talk about some guy. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff from Guy here in this Liang Hub uh, compilation video. Um, I've talked about Liang Hub's compilation videos before, and they're always very exciting. Uh, this one, right along those lines. Uh, really cool combos, uh, really cool resets from Guy. If you've never been familiar with that character, or don't know what he's capable of, or never played for, um, I don't know. Watching stuff like this could be a good intro into you know, what some things were what some characters were capable of at a high level in in that game it can be hard sometimes whenever you try and look back and find the good stuff and there's no one making recommendations but there's there's some cool stuff here liang hub's channel in particular has some some really interesting things there's even some omega guy check that stuff out it's cool stuff all right now to more updated tech uh, next post I'm going to share is a interview uh, of IDOM after winning NLBC. Uh, to not this last Wednesday, this was Wednesday before, uh, talking about Laura and what changes were made to Laura, how he changed the way that he plays Laura in order to win, what buttons he thinks are good, what buttons he thinks are bad. Uh, and if you play Laura, or maybe if you have trouble playing against Laura, this could be a good interview to watch and maybe go back and watch the entire set uh, because, I don't know, NLBC is exciting. It's good stuff. It's good high-tier high Laura play, Inabuki play. Speaking of Laura, uh, Javits just posted a, this was like minutes ago, uh, posted a Twitter moment of all of the Laura tech that he's found and posted himself. Uh, all of it in one place. So, I mean, I could scroll for quite a while here. I'm not going to scroll right now because I don't want Twitter to autoplay and then fucking blast you guys with some kind of noise. Not about that. Keep, keep my channels clean. Uh, but it's good mix-ups. Uh, shows defensive options. Um, shows how to get out of mix-ups. Shows some sick meaties, all that good stuff. Um, similar to the Twitter moment for Blanca that was shared last week. Uh, Javits made one for Laura. I, again, I could get into why I think that Twitter is a bad way to share tech, but these Twitter moments are actually pretty good at keeping all things locked in a single place. Uh, and I recommend digging through that at least, especially if Laura makes you salty. It's good stuff. 
Alright, who else is sharing videos? Looks like Arliath. Uh, if you don't know who Arliath is, I've talked about him before on this podcast, and I recommend checking out pretty much anything that he has going on. If you don't follow him on Twitter, highly recommend that. Also, Javits on Twitter. Follow Javits. Um, he's got a new series out, and he said that he was going to post a lot more tech, and we shared a video last week that he was going to post more tech. Uh, and this is the first of many videos to come. It was uh, his first series of the Ask Arlie series, which, in retrospect is going to cause some confusion with people pronouncing his name because they're going to go Arlie F instead of Arlieth, which is what he wants you to say. Uh, regardless, it makes an explanation here of um, basically digs into the tech of why certain things might happen, digs into the meat of the game of you know, why certain things aren't possible. Uh, it's, it's a good five-minute video that explains some system mechanics that you might not be aware of. Uh, but also I want to point out this video in that if you have a question or have a question about certain tech, uh, ask the man. Uh, he is very thorough in digging through and being correct. Uh, I can vouch for the man. Uh, so that's all good stuff, and I'm looking forward to the next one of those when they pop up. And I'll probably share it here on the on the podcast anyway. Okay, you know, of course, the next post I'm going to share. Anytime I see this man's name on the sub, it's coming up. I promise you that. No question in my mind. Third Strike. Corroda. DVDs. That's right. <laughs> Someone went through, ripped some DVDs. Some old Corroda DVDs of him playing uh, Akuma for basically two hours. A bunch of different matchups. If you don't know who Corroda is, he's a pretty famous Third Strike player who really never left Japan. Uh, so there's not like a whole lot of data or info of him competing in major tournaments. However, uh, dude's one of the best if not the best third strike player of all time he can play any character at the top level he's the best uh and this is a video of him bodying people and and playing out some matches as akuma uh, but there's also some extra content of him playing dudley as well he plays everybody in the cast to the toppest of top tier levels uh, but is most known for picking q because he was like well i'm why play chun li when i could just play q because he ascended. He ascended into Galaxy Brain and became, well, why not just play the Q character? Because he's the worst and I'm the best. Uh, and I, listen, if you can take two hours out of your day to watch some Kuroda, damn, man. Or just like, man, pop this on Sunday morning. Just check out some hot videos of, of Kuroda bopping people and playing some high-tier third strike. Man, nothing beats third strike. At, at a top level, watching people play and... If you understand and know how to play the game, which is kind of another topic. I've talked about this on the podcast before and ways to do it. Uh, maybe go back and watch some Cooperation Cup if you're interested. But it's a very fun game. It's a beautiful game. Uh, and the way that it's played and the way that characters, or players, I should say, communicate with each other through parrying and, and their options in the neutral is it's fascinating. And it's it's very interesting to watch. Um, and for that, I mean, come on, it's a Corona video. How am I not going to share this one? Of course. All right, on to some more news. Mena, RD. Uh, if you haven't heard, he made this announcement basically after he won Capcom Cup. He got that big old check, sleeping with it in his bed. He got paid, and, I mean, he could have basically been set up for quite some time. Not really had to do much work. Buy a house, a couple cars in the DR, and he'd have been fine. But instead, 
he decided, no, uh, my community is strong. My community made me strong, uh, and I'm going to give back. And this is a very long and really great article. Uh, that was posted earlier today, in fact, by Virginia Glaze. Uh, that's X Top Doll on on Twitter. I think all of the O's in that are zeros, but you know how the internet is. You'll find her. Uh, this is a basically a long article going into the details of exactly how Mena has been helping out his community. Uh, if you didn't check, he just ran a tournament uh, with his community um, on his Twitch account. Uh, that looked like a lot of fun. It looked like all the photos from that, everyone was having a good time. Uh, and just looked like a pretty strong event in general. So I would highly recommend reading this, reading into this article just to give you some perspective of what the life of the winner of the CPT was like after he won and what he's doing with uh, his winnings and what people, what the good people of the FGC are like. Because this is this is some good stuff and talks about the tigers again and i i love the fact that people have agreed as a society as a whole to call mana's team just of the tigers that that's great i love it it puts a smile on my face uh it's, it's like teams in any sport you just call them the tigers they show up they'll show up to your premier event oh it's the, that's the tigers the tigers showed up to this red bull proving grounds or red bull conquistadores or whatever the fuck you want to call it now which we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but anyway, great article, a long read on uh, some really good work going on in the FGC. And now speaking of maybe some sad news along the way, and here's some like questioning news as well, because I had set this up a while ago but when I tried to bring it up for my notes in today's podcast, it just, it disappeared. Someone deleted this post, but the post originally was that Circa uh, Esports was disbanding. Uh, players like LPN were on that, and they basically made a tweet saying that we're going to sponsor players through Evo, and then we're done. Like, we've, like, basically lost funding. Like, we're, we're done. We can't continue sponsoring players, which, like, fine. That's sad. Smaller, smaller esports teams come and go all the time. Three years is kind of, like, the breaking point of whether they can prove that they're financially viable or not. Um, and this was really the breaking point for Circa. However, the inquisitive part is that it was a race. Someone said, no, not worth posting on, on Reddit anymore. And I'll have to find the original tweet because that's not linked here anymore. And that's what this linked to. Uh, so I'll try and find that and post that in the show notes and maybe um, give some love to, to LPN. He's out there. Or he'll be without a team after after Evo. So says uh, this announcement by Circa. So poor one out for Circa. And and anyone who was affected by, uh, by the disbanding of that team. Alright, some other stuff. Some other cool stuff. Speaking of esports teams. Uh, here's a really great post by Damascus. If you don't know who Damascus is, he's a really great member of the EU FGC. Uh... He basically took a look at the Gfinity Elite Series. Now, if you don't remember who that is, remember when Urian's V-Trigger was broken and the Gfinity Elite Series was like, Urian is a character, you can't play him, he's banned. And then everyone was like, why won't you listen to us? That's a very dumb idea. And then they didn't respond. <laughs> and then Capcom fixed it, of course, so like we're fine now. But 
there was that whole little mix up where it was just like zero communication it's like you guys we, there's there's a lot more broken stuff than just that v trigger in this video game i hope you guys know that but nah, esports teams who, who the fuck cares about the fighting game community well anyway i'll tell you who cares about the fighting game community damascus and all of the members named in these groups uh, and this is basically a rundown of who's going to be competing uh, so if you don't know who the top names are in the eu check them out there's here are your names here are the targets uh, here are the people you should be googling here's the people that you should be uh, looking for whenever they're gonna come over here to try and take your premier points come over to the states take your money take that cpt points but i'm excited for this G gfinity series is fun uh, it's a good team series uh it will have urine uh, and it's going to have all these players so i just want to give damascus some props uh for throwing all of this together it's really cool stuff all right moving on to the next bit okay now if you don't know uh, and haven't been watching twitter or daigo's twitter but the next kimono michi the lineup has been decided and uh, the matchup that everyone is talking about daigo included is daigo versus tokido uh, they're going to do a long first to ten Daigo Tokido. And this is interesting for a couple of reasons. And, well, the main reason I'm going to share in the next uh, first post was the announcement. The next po we've moved, we're moving on to the next post, which is the video that was posted uh, at the same time as a uh, basically four-minute long hype video showing the... Uh, the build-up. This is like some very good wrestling shit of building a storyline of players and their path and Tokido talking about his relationship with Daigo and where he stands or where he thinks he stands in relationship to Daigo uh, and where he stands as a competitor against Daigo and then Daigo drops some words on Tokido. Uh, it is... Ooh, it's moving. If you, this doesn't fire you up and get you excited for this first attempt, what if what if Tokido wins this? Daigo has a penchant for seeing whoever has played the toppest of top tier in in any game uh, that year. Uh, for example, the example that they show here is Infiltration after winning Evo. Daigo goes on to bop him in a first attempt set like hands down in the long set daigo is historically very strong and i it might i wanted to say undefeated but i'm actually i'm not certain about this this video would make you believe that in a first like no one's ever beaten daigo in a first sim which is absolutely not true but this video makes you feel that way and it builds the hype it's ooh, i'm excited i was excited because it's it's top it's top level play for a very specified uh, event uh, so i'm looking forward to the next monomichi for show uh, and this rivalry is something that i'm looking forward to building and getting hype about on twitter and causing a shitstorm, uh, whether daigo wins or loses so that'll be fun okay next article uh, more good stuff speaking of players in asia uh, we touched on this i feel like we've touched on this the last couple weeks uh, because it's something that's been pressing uh, in Japan and included with the release of the current CPT, uh, what players are viable to become pro players, what's this licensing business all about. And basically right after last week's show, 
again, Virginia Glaze, next top doll on Twitter, post an extensive post, uh, basically anything that I could have said, highly researched and posted here in this very long but very good read on the the inner workings of what Japan's pro gaming licenses are going to be like and who they're affecting uh, and how they're affecting players who aren't considered quote-unquote pro. Uh, she digs into, again, uh, that statement made by Momochi uh, a couple months ago about his opinions on on the state of the current Japanese FGC and you know how he thinks that basically it doesn't really make sense for a board of people unrelated to the FGC to decide who is to decide who is a pro and not. And that's kind of always been the, the most exciting thing about the FGC and which is which makes again this is just an, another one of those things with going along with the new cpt where ranking events give you basically zero points uh and it it only makes sense it, it, it's a lot easier to get on that main stage if you're a pro sponsored player it's a lot harder to just come up from nothing uh but who is to decide who is a pro player who's to decide who's a sponsored player i mean the sponsors decide obviously in, in the u.s but that doesn't mean that there aren't people bopping people at locals and playing super well nephew for example it's a great example like wins wins winter brawl one of the best colin colleen's out there i've been saying this for months he's not sponsored should he be absolutely should he have the means and methods to get out to to more premier events he absolutely should he should also focus on his studies, but that's that's just a CMU thing. Anyway, uh, it, the point is, it's it, you know, who is to decide, and it, like the point is that there are there are roadblocks in the way to becoming that pro player on the main stage, and I am making full on finger quotes around both of those both of those enunciated words because it's it's almost this like fictional barrier that like it never used to be this way where you could just be the best in your region and people come see you and you bop them and that was what it was i mean if you could get to all that said the, there's still that element of the fgc that you can't take away like coming to america well ah, no that's the shitty thing is that it's going to be harder to get a visa to travel to the u.s if you're not a pro gamer and you don't have that license or with other regions as well that there are regions that are affected by this where if you want to show up at, at evo world which is by what many people consider if you win evo you are the best player period at the time because that's where the most people go to enter. That's where the most people go to, to be competitive historically and currently. If you don't have that pro license, it's hard for you to get your visa to come here to compete. Then, like, is that arbitrary? That's a little arbitrary. I mean, basically, the only thing that's preventing people, anyone in America to go to that event is the cost of flying up. But anyone else who's flying in is probably more expensive to fly. I can't, can't imagine. Uh, but I don't know it, it, this article in general though just getting back to the article uh, again by Virginia Clays who apparently just doesn't sleep and just continues to write amazing uh, researched articles on the FGC like 
she's kind of been a powerhouse the last like month or so right this is like the sixth article i feel like i've shared where it's like this is definitely worth reading if you give a fuck about esports um or the fgc in general uh if you care about fighting games like girl's fucking prolific and she uses the word affected correctly with an a think about that it's a little writer's inside joke all right other stuff, other news that might not be so dour. Let's talk about some product announcements. Um, sometimes there's some stick. There's a lot of stick posts that that get posted to the subreddit, and you go, "Okay, yeah, that's that's some nice art." Okay, Jerry's toes. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I see what you're into. Okay, that's a that's a pony. You you weirdo. Uh, but every once in a while, you see something that that comes across when you see it with your eyeballs that breaks your brain a little bit. And this is one of those things that I saw it and it makes, it makes sense why someone would make this, but also it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, a little thing called a, a mix box, which is a mix between a hip box, which is just buttons, uh, and keyboard WASD controls. It's very strange. It's got the the four arrow keys basically uh, for your left hand in the triangle position that it would like a WASD would be. Actually, no, it's more like the arrow keys because the the W isn't slightly offset. It's it's directly above the up is directly above the down. If that visually makes sense. If that audibly makes any visual sense, if I can paint a word picture for your for your brain to see. It's like the arrow keys. And then buttons to the right. So like keyboard, four keyboard buttons on your left. It's like hitbox, regular buttons, sandwalls on your right. Uh, and this guy reviews it and basically talks about, well, I used to be a keyboard warrior and I tell you what, this makes sense to me for movement. So maybe if you're a keyboard player and maybe you want to play Blanca and do the slide method for inputs, or maybe there's some other reason why you would want uh, to use uh, regular buttons instead of just keyboard buttons. I don't know who this is for. This is a crazily specific product, the Mixbox, that I have to call it out. Like, what a fascinating product. I mean, I guess it's, like, outfitted with the correct PCBs, so, like, you can just plug it into to the systems and it should work, I guess. Uh, so maybe if you're just a psychopath who wants a keyboard on your left hand and buttons on your right hand, go ahead. If you want to scare your opponent when you sit down at... <laughs> at your station to be like, okay, I'm ready for pools and just, oh man, what a, what a device. Uh, so I had to share that one and I don't know if that makes sense for you. And that seems to be something that if you are currently a keyboard warrior, I know you're out there. There are people who, their souls, <laughs> soul was a keyboard warrior and it was for like the longest time. He was the old head mod of uh, RSF4. I know they exist. They're out there. And they're strong players, too. Uh, Dells on fire, of course. Uh, so maybe you want uh, an actual fight stick instead of just a keyboard. Because there's something... I get it. Like There's something to the weight of a regular fight stick that 
that makes it comfortable when you sit down like at a station on a chair and you set it on your lap it's got the pads on the knees doesn't slide anywhere it's nice and good it's got that weight it's big enough somewhere to rest your hands you don't want to like be setting a keyboard there and it kind of flopping all over the place and also you don't want to look like a maniac uh i guess this is a solution for you guys the mix box fuck (laughs) what a thing all right here's some actually cool tech uh ibuki ibuki combos and setups uh this was video posted by tac tac adu Ah, names. Uh, basically showing off all of the different ways that Ibuki can get max damage um, off of and into uh, V-Trigger 2. Uh, this is part one. Uh, part two has not um, been posted yet, so I'm looking forward to that. But basically shows off of any kind of pickup. So, I mean, I'll go back and take inventory here of what's being shown. And it's, it'll show, come on, go back. Uh, mix-ups off of, or I guess damage off of, like, EXDP, Kunai, uh, air and grounded, uh, target combos, uh, your V-skill, all that stuff. Basically, like, ten ways that you can land a hit into V-Trigger, too. Like, this one lists it all and optimizes everything for you. Uh, so if you play Ibuki, highly recommend checking this video out. Lots of very good information here to dig into if you want to optimize your combos. and Start using that that big old blade v trigger 2 it's good stuff okay a little bit of fgc history not the actual fgc history part uh, that we end the show with but a little little primer for people out there who have heard the name justin wong and maybe seen him compete a little bit but maybe not place the first in a lot of these events if you're wondering about this man's history uh recommend checking this out oh i just noticed this oh fuck they use Metal Music Man's music uh, in in one of these clips of the video. Shout out to Metal Music Man. Give that guy a follow on Twitter. Check him out. Uh, anyway, uh, this breaks down into a history, like his entire history, basically, of how, how he was even raised and where he came up, uh, where he ended up, and his current position at Echo Fox. But it took a long time to get there, folks. And I don't think a lot of people realize how dominating that man can be across multiple fighting games not just like current fighting games. talking like of of all of the games what are available uh just along has proven that he's gonna be in he's gonna be in the top eight of that game regardless like you listen to any game he'll be there uh just a very strong player gets into his mindset uh, into his work ethic and just his raw natural talent uh it's a good story uh, it's a good it's a good tight 15 documentary Talks about Chinatown Fair, where he grew up, uh, playing games, and you know how that that was like his thing. That was uh, that was his social group, and that's how he learned and played, and got better. Uh, so if you don't know, well, a if you don't know who Justin Wong is, uh, please watch this video. And if you're not familiar, or if you're not familiar with Justin Wong's history, uh, I recommend checking this one out. There's some there's some good historical content in this. Uh, in this video uh, basically breaks down his entire FGC past uh, it's a good good little documentary recommend checking that one because so there's from time to time people are always asking are there any good FGC documentaries that's that's a quick 15 but I consider that a documentary it's worthwhile it's well edited it's got good music uh, so it's good stuff all right and to wrap up the posts for today here is a long write-up if you guys like reading 
I know you're listening to this thing. Maybe you like listening, but what if you like reading? Uh, here's a long write-up on basically a year in review, uh, mostly covering the CPT uh, and along Evo and the Pro Tour and Capcom Cup. Uh, a very long write-up in you know what happened, who was involved. Uh, basically, just like a year in review. Uh, I think this is just someone who's like trying to you know, work on their their blogging. So it is, it is like quote unquote like uses blog speak and probably not edited the way that a former article would be written. It's got a little bit of flair here and there. It's got a lot of video. Uh, that's kind of why I want to share this as well. Is that not only is it written up, it also links to most of the matches that it references. Uh, all along the way, so it's a, it's a good wrap-up of all the major moments in the FGC over the past year, and kind of the results of that, and the rivalries that were going on, and you know, who fought who, who fought who when, who was actually the best, it gets into that. Um, and it I don't know, gets me excited for 2018. It's going to be a good year. Uh, and that wraps it up. I could also talk about, uh, but this just happened like just today, like hours before this this podcast. The Red Bull um, Conquer, fucking what is it? Red Bull Conquers, Conquistadores, or whatever the hell it is. I know I'm saying that I'm purposefully saying that incorrectly, but it's basically what replaced the uh, Red Bull Proving Grounds. It's essentially the same thing, uh, works in a very similar way. Uh, that was very exciting last year. Again, we look into, like, talked about that at the start of the show with Chris CCH and his you know, experience with the, with the Proving Grounds. Uh, and that's what this is, and it's set up, I believe, for 12 cities across the U.S. Uh, to put them kind of against each other at the very end in the Red Bull Finals. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the, the closeout of... About the build up and the close out of that tournament series because Red Bull puts on a good show. If you can say anything about Red Bull, like say what you will about uh, them delving into the FTC, but damn, do they, if they don't know how to put on a good event, like that stuff is entertaining to watch for show. Um, look up any of the past events uh, last year because they've been like well produced and pretty exciting events. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't have a link to share. Ah, eh, fuck it, I'll share it. I just don't have it up on the on the video archive of this if that's how you're watching this if you care most people just listen to the podcast which is fine but the link will be shared down below in the in the show notes so go ahead and click on that if you are interested in seeing about what that's all about okay it's that time of the show folks that's right it's this it's the part of the show i i hate that people like that i do this but here we go every once in a while and by every once in a while i mean a lot of the times during the week there's some shit posts. There's some shit posts. What be posted to, to our Street Fighter happens every week. It's bound to happen. But always, there's that one shit post that stands out, head above the rest. That's right, folks. It's the shit post of the week. And this week's shit post of the week goes to fucking Tase. T A S E. Tase. It's a galaxy brain. It's a galaxy brain meme. <laughs> small brain wake up block next level 
wake up four frame next level wake up medium punch dp next level wake up dash throw that one actually got that's why i included because that one got me someone has done that to me in the past before and it's like that was the dumbest thing you could have ever done why did you do that that makes that's nonsense even bigger brain wake up ex fireball that okay you got me you fucking meme you got me ultra matrix brain wake up exdp into rage quit that's a little overboard you went a little step too far i'll still include you as shitpost of the week so fuck you tastes and your efforts to shitpost you son of a bitch you fucking bastard got me with that wake up dash throw though that one that one is funny it's funny it's actually like super cool when it works like at a high level but when someone's doing that at a low level you're like what the fuck what the fuck are you even doing and then you have to like turn that on yourself and go I'm the idiot for being hit by that <sighs> whatever regardless congratulations Tace also fuck you anyway that's shit post of the week now it's time to get into a little bit of FGC history I somewhat alluded to this particular matchup earlier in the show uh, I think that this video is worth watching it is a recent history so I'm not digging back as far as I could for this one this isn't necessary you don't have to open a book for this one this is history in the making folks only a couple months ago in fact uh, and this week's FGC history goes to Evo Japan 2018 Tokido versus Daigo uh, this was the last time they met in a major tournament uh, Daigo versus Tokido. And I want to throw this one out there so people can watch this. Think about it. Uh, think about how Tokido adapted to Punk at Evo. I've talked about that before. Think about how good of a player he is at watching the tapes and being a very studious player. But then also think about Daigo in the long set. Um, the results are out there, but I... I won't spoil it right now in, in podcast format because I do think it's worth watching to think about and get you excited again, get you excited about the Kimono Michi, uh, which should be by all and for all intents and purposes, Daigo versus Tokido in the first of 10, that should be exciting, uh, in a generally small room with people blowing up the chat, see, see those W's It's going to be a good time. Uh, but this is kind of the, if that's the, let's put it this way. If that's the main course, the the appetizer is really like all the the fucking buildup that they're doing on the Beast TV. That stuff is like super. Again, mentioned this earlier. That's super exciting. But this is like maybe like the lunch you had before, or like the the breakfast you had that morning, where it's like, okay, I want to taste because I know there's there's good food coming. Like you're prepping yourself. This is your preparation. So this is maybe your homework if you want to watch the Kimono Michi. Uh, if you're excited for Daigo versus Tokido, uh, this is the last time that they met in a major tournament. Uh, this is the last time that they played in a, in a longer set, uh, best of best of five, and could potentially uh, be indicative of how the first ten is going to go. Some people might say that in the first ten, Daigo's just going to bop you. He's going to lose two, maybe three, and then the rest straight Daigo. Uh, that's how things have happened with him in the past against very strong players so there's there's also the mentality of going into it of you know, I want to be bopped by that guy so I don't know who's to say uh, regardless folks that's the FGC history even though it is like pretty fresh history it's not even in the books yet I mean technically is in the books but we haven't published the 2018 history book on the FGC but we're getting there um, this will certainly be in it and 
gets me excited for the Komodo Michi. And I hope you guys are excited too, because that should be a fun time. Uh, speaking of a fun time, hopefully you've had fun listening to this podcast, because that's a show. That's a wrap. We're all done. I got more. I got no more to tell you guys. Tommy. No more to talk about the FGC this week. Uh, still just trying to lead up into into the CPT. I mean, we're kind of well on our way right now. Uh, getting excited for it. Uh, but that's a show. And again, uh, this has been RSF Radio, the show where we talk about what's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter. I'm Joe Monday. You can find me on Twitter at Super Joe Monday, or you can tweet at the show directly at Reddit SF. That's the main Twitter account for for our Street Fighter. Uh, or you can just uh, reply to the show directly, like when I post this on Reddit. If you want to talk about the posts or talk about how this podcast is going, you let me know. Uh, also, it would be great if we could get some reviews on iTunes. That is super helpful in getting news out. Um, I'm going to do this. For every review that is posted on the iTunes, I'll donate a, an extra dollar to the Chris CCH sponsorship fund. So we'll, we'll kick that off a, a little bit with a little extra zing. Uh, if, if I see those reviews in there on the iTunes, I'll, I'll kick in some extra money in addition to what's already going forward to them. But, so I'm excited for that, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. But again, until next time, folks, that's been a show. We'll see you next week on the next edition of RSF Radio. Until next time, folks, take care. <laughs>